He was devoted to her with a warmth that his supposed devotion to Lucia had never kindled in him. He even went so far as to dream about her in an agitated though respectful manner. Without being conscious of any unreality about his sentiments, he really wanted to dress up as a lover rather than to be one, for he could form no notion at present of what it felt to be absorbed in anyone else. Life was so full as it was, there really was no room for anything else, especially if that something else must be of the quality which rendered everything else colourless. This state of mind, this quality of emotion, was wholly pleasurable and quite exciting, and instead of crying out more misery, more unhappiness, he could now, as he passed the mulberry, say to himself, more pleasures, more happiness. Yet as he ran down the road to lunch with Lucia, he was conscious that she was likely to stand, an angel perhaps, but certainly one with a flaming sword, between him and all the interests of the new life, which was undoubtedly beginning to bubble in Rhizome, and to which Georgie found it so pleasant to take his little mug and have it filled with exhilarating liquid. And if Lucia proved to be standing in his path, forbidding his approach, he too was armed for combat with a revolutionary weapon consisting of a rolled-up copy of some of Debussy's music for the piano. Olga had lent it him a few days, and he had been very busy over Poisson d'Or. He was further armed by the complete knowledge of the Italian debacle of last night, which from his knowledge of Lucia he judged must constitute a crisis. Something would have to happen. Several times lately Olga had, so to speak, run full tilt into Lucia, and had passed on leaving a staggering form behind her. And in each case, so Georgie clearly perceived, Olga had not intended to butt into or stagger anybody. Each time she had knocked Lucia down purely by accident. But if these accidents occurred with such awful frequency, it was to be expected that Lucia would find another name for them. They would have to be christened. With all his rhizome appetite for complications and events, Georgie guessed that he was not likely to go empty away from this lunch. In addition, there were other topics of extraordinary interest, for really there had been very odd experiences at Mrs. Quantock's last night, when the Italian debacle was going on a little way up the road. But he was not going to bring that out at once. Lucia hailed him with her most cordial manner, and with a superb effrontery began to talk Italian just as usual, though she must have guessed that Georgie knew all about last night. Bon arrivato, amico mio, she said. Why, it must be three days since we met. Che la falto il signorino? And what have you got there? Georgie, having escaped being caught over Italian, had made up his mind not to talk any more ever. Oh, there are some little things by Debussy, he said. I wanted to play one of them to you afterwards. I've just been glancing through it. 